to Purdue Crop Chat, a regular podcast from Hoosier Ag Today and the Purdue University Extension Service, featuring Purdue Extension Corn Specialist Dr. Bob Nielsen and Extension Soybean Specialist Dr. Sean Castile. A whole lot of corn and soybeans are planted in Indiana, most of it in fact. So on this 19th episode, Bob and Sean and a special guest join host Eric Pfeiffer to discuss progress so far. A couple weeks ago we were sort of saying that all we needed was a couple more weeks, Sean, right, to finish off the crop. And we're about where we thought we could be at this point. Yeah, no doubt. I I think the crop's... uh progress in a major way. Now let's get right to the discussion with your host for Purdue Crop Chat, Eric Pfeiffer. Welcome into the Purdue Crop Chat podcast. We're coming to you from the Indiana Corn and Soybean Innovation Center on uh, the Purdue Research Farm. And uh, I've got the stars of the show here, Bob Nielsen, Purdue Extension Corn Specialist. Hello, Bob. How you doing, Eric? Fantastic. Sean Castile is here, Purdue Extension Soybean Specialist. Hi, Sean. Howdy. And uh, so, Bob, some... Some may not know this, but you've only been doing about half your job recently, right? That's is that the right way to say it, Sean? About ten years of what I've seen, so I've been doing half the job. I, I was waiting for that to come. I, I was going to say that myself, and you beat me to it. But yeah, I've, I've, uh, you know, I'm nearing the end of a career, and so uh, last year, before the pandemic hit, I started a partial retirement program here at Purdue, and uh, with the intent of, of uh, maybe fully retiring either the end of this year or for sure the end of next year. So fortunately, d- once that became known, uh, fortunately the powers that be allowed us to search for a replacement, and that said replacement began work this past Monday. And that said replacement is here joining us on the Purdue Crop Chat podcast, and we'd love to meet you. Dan Quinn is here. He's the new Purdue Extension Corn Specialist. So, do you keep the same title, by the way? Uh, emeritus, yes. Emeritus, I believe okay, so. perfect. So, <laughs> old, so, old and haggard is what yeah. you mean to say, right? <laughs> so Dan is here, and and Dan, uh, it's great to have you on board. We we really look forward to having you around here in West Lafayette and across the state of Indiana. If you could give us your background, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Eric. Um, so again, my name is Dan Quinn. Um, I'm originally from Central Michigan, uh, so grew up in a you know a farming family up there in between Grand Rapids and Lansing. Um, I was able to do my education at Michigan State, uh, so I did a bachelor's and master's in crop and soil science at Michigan State, um, working in everything from corn, soybeans, sugar beets, potatoes, um, all of the above. Um, but I really got introduced to extension, uh, applied research, kind of fell in love with it. And I moved down to Lexington, Kentucky uh, for my Ph.D. So I worked at the University of Kentucky for the last three years, Um, worked a lot with corn and cover crops, and really got more in-depth with extension, applied research in my Ph.D., and that really led me to where I am today. Um, You know, I'm really fortunate to be in this position. It's a position I've, you know, kind of trained for and looked forward to. Um, I'm really excited to be here and just to get started in this state. They say there's more than corn in Indiana, but there's not much more. Um, what what are you excited about being here in Indiana? Uh, I guess I'm excited just to get to work with the farmers across the state. You know, like you said, there's a lot of corn in this state. There's a lot of really good corn farmers in this state. Um, a lot of good soils, just good production. So being able to you know, work with those folks and getting to work with everyone across the state and getting research out there and getting to meet and speak with everyone. You know, that's a that's a big learning 
thing for me. Um, you know, I apologize, Bob, but Bob's been doing this longer than I've been alive. Uh, so, uh, so oh, that he's hurts. older than that dirt <laughs> that, is what you're hurts. saying. Yeah, that, that hurts. So just learning everything I can. I'm so excited to, to learn from the folks in this state. Um, just just great people from what I've seen so far, great farmers. You know, it's just a great state to be. Well, again, we look forward to having you around. We're, we're glad that you're here. And uh, so, so Bob, what, what does that mean for you now? Is, is this your swan song here on the Purdue Crop Chat podcast? Are you going to come back and join us every now and then? I think, well, sure, I'll come back if I'm invited. Of course, then I'll, I'll, <laughs> no, I'll, be, I'll be on a consultancy basis then and you know, expect some high-priced uh, consultancy fees. But uh, We'll put that on Sean's mail. tab. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, it's appropriate this time with Dan on board as, as the, the current corn extension person. I think, I think Dan and Sean need to be the stars of this show from this point forward. And, yeah, I'll come back once in a while if, if I'm asked, and I may even butt in once in a while. You never know. You butt in? Really? <laughs> Have some speaking time? Never. Well, I suppose uh, this is the Purdue Crop Chat podcast. We ought to talk about the crops that are out there. And uh, let's, let's talk about a busy week last week for Indiana's farmers. Uh, 20% of the Indiana corn crop got put in the, crown, uh, in the ground, Bob. Uh, it was a pretty nice week overall. Well, it was, and what's still amazing to me is the the planting progress really hasn't skipped a beat for the whole month, even with some of the rains we've had that interrupted, uh, at least we thought it interrupted the progress, but we've been crunching out, you know, somewhere around, you know, 15 to 20% a week, you know, for the past four weeks, and that's why we're currently sitting at 82%. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were sort of saying that all we needed was a couple more weeks, Sean, right, yep. to finish off the crop, and we're about where we thought we could be at this point. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think the crops uh, progressed in a, a major way. I think about some of the spots that did get heavy amounts of rain. Yeah, they were out for a few days last week. I mean, here locally, I mean, two or three inches, whatever the number was, and so out most of the week. But there's a good portion of the state that was still dry, uh, abnormally dry, and so able to run wide open and, and get a lot of ground covered. Well, I think that's, in a way, that's almost a, the scary part is that we had quite a bit of rain that would normally put us out for most of a week and yet mm -hmm. it's so dry that it didn't take long for it to get back into shape so i think we're still on that cusp of worry about whether this drought will expand uh, we still have a fair amount of the state mm -hmm. in the drought monitor status and uh, eyes up at our lacrosse area purdue farm yesterday uh, which is some sandy loam soils a lot of that area is irrigated uh, but it's it is certainly dry, and and with the heat we've had in recent days, mm -hmm. that's been a concern of mine on these young corn plants that are trying to get their initial root system established. And you can actually desiccate those young roots as they're beginning to elongate from the crown. And that was my concern. I put out a tweet yesterday with that concern, and now we get rain across the state. So I, I, I it has reinforced. You solved the problem. <laughs> I've solved the problem, but it's you know we, we're always like this, right? Anytime yep. we some well, I shouldn't say anytime. A lot of the times we fearmonger about something. Mother Nature makes a change. So I, I'm glad to see that quite a bit of the state is getting rain according to radar. It, the, yep. the amounts are certainly varying, but that's going to help. And the temperatures are going to come back down over the next few days, and that's going to help a lot on the the rooting of the young corn. So what what would happen, Bob, if we got the scenario, we got a little bit of rain, fine, but it's not enough, and it still turns off dry, temperature's going to go down, but what happens or what is the concern on that corn plant that's just uh, developing those roots, and, and what could happen if it, it doesn't have the moisture it needs? Well, I think I think we're probably going to avert 
the big problem, which was the, the desiccation and death of these young roots. And, you know, these roots come out one node or mm -hmm. one ring at a time. Mm -hmm. This is going to go a long ways to helping those initial roots continue to elongate without drying out and continuing to grow down deep enough to find the moisture that is down deep. Mm -hmm. So I feel a whole lot better today than I did yesterday afternoon in the 90-degree heat sure. uh, with, with not a very good forecast of rain. So... I think except for perhaps along the far northern border of Michigan and on up into Michigan where we know it's, it's been exceptionally dry, mm -hmm. those areas may still be at risk, especially the sandier soils. Um, and so I think people need to be looking and scouting these cornfields over the next couple of weeks and looking for how well these plants are rooting and whether they're getting into this so-called rootless corn situation, which can you know, ultimately lead to this floppy corn that, that we often talk about. But, I, I, again, I think what we're seeing today across the state, and, frankly, the forecast for the next couple of days looks 50, 50 reasonable for showers chance, at least. Yeah. Yeah. And the lowering of the, of the temperatures, I, I think we've dodged the bullet for, at this point in time. And now probably the, the next concern is will it turn off dry the rest of the summer? Sure. And that leads into a whole host of things that you and Dan can talk about later <laughs> into the summer. Sounds good. And what, what might those concerns be, Dan? Well, I think, you know, as we get later in the season, as it gets, you know, a lot of forecasts and predictions that are coming out um, from models and so on is that it could potentially turn dry uh, this year. Um, you look at as we progress, as the corn plant progresses, as we pr approach tasseling, you know, pollination, um, some of the issues that we could have at that time period um, with, you know, throwing off the synchronization of the tassel and the pollen and, and just that stress of that time is just so important when it comes to yield potential. So that's something, you know, if these models, if these forecasts are correct uh, coming forward throughout the summer, something to just keep an eye on if it gets really dry, if it gets, you know, hotter than normal, something that we'll, we'll watch and, and pay attention to this summer. So, Dan, uh, my grandpa, so I grew up a farm boy in Illinois, and, you know, he always said I'd rather have it dry early than late, right? And so, you know, why why do we think we we need to dry early and perhaps we should ask almost uh, that age of a generation of a grandpa that's in the room <laughs> couldn't i couldn't help myself bob so at any rate no i mean if we like it dry early um what is that doing for us dan um i think this sounds one. like a PhD exam yeah. at this point, Sean. <laughs> I thought I was done. I thought I was done. Oh, well, I meant so we can kick it to the old geezer in the room. No, I think number one with that is if it's drier early, we just get more root establishment. We get better root growth. Um, I think probably these last four days with the heat, outside of some of the issues Bob noticed, you know, with potential root desiccation coming those upper soil levels, but we're able to get those roots a lot deeper, more established. You know, if it's a lot more wet, especially in the spring, those roots just tend to not grow as much. That corn just doesn't get as good as establishment. So if we're later on in the season, it starts to dry out. You know, typically those roots are a lot, you know, deeper, more established. It can hit moisture a lot better. And that corn tends to, you know, perform a lot better in the season as it as it gets drier. Um, yeah, I, I would echo that on the soybean front. I mean, I definitely like the idea of having a deeper-rooted crop, and as long as the roots are in moisture, that soil moisture line is going to push us down deeper, right? You know, roots aren't going to dry, uh, grow in dry soil. If it's bone dry, they're not going to grow. They're going to desiccate like Bob talked about on the corn. Same thing on the bean side. And so as long as we've got that soil moisture line, the roots are below it, pushing them deeper, yeah. that's a great place to be. And I think about, you know, when we have a strong demand in corn, 
corn's the same way. It's later in the season when you've got more biomass, when you've got your money makers of the kernels that are developing, the, the pods that are developing, you've got a huge demand for water and nutrient resources. And so, you know, the months that, that make or break soybeans is that August to September. And boy, if we turn off dry during that, that period, just a few days, and we don't have access to moisture, it's, it's a huge hit on our yield potential. And so uh, most certainly I, I'd like to have them deep-rooted as well. And so hopefully that, that uh, comes together for a, a good seed fill come August, September for us. Yeah. And as, as long as there's not compaction uh, mm -hmm. from tillage or tires, uh, this warm and dry early season will tend to warm the subsoils a little more quickly. Sure. And that also encourages that deeper rooting. I mean, roots will grow where conditions are conducive mm -hmm. and that means adequate moisture but also adequate temperature and you know typically we come out of our winters with cold wet nasty springs and those subsoils don't warm up very early mm -hmm. and that also limits that initial rooting so that's right. another benefit of this not just dry early start but dry and unusually warm early start at least for the past couple of weeks that, and so, yes, I, I'm, I mean, if, if we're going to go into a drought later in the summer, mm -hmm. it's certainly better to go into it with deep rooting initially as opposed to shallow rooting like yep. we've had sometimes over the many decades that I've been doing this job. <laughs> Sean, it was a good week for soybeans as well. They, I mean, 19% of the soybean crop got in the ground. Uh, just What are you seeing out there? Can't quite keep up with corn planting, can we? <laughs> oh, no, we can't. We can't. But we'll see who makes money at the end of the season. So with all this, I mean, beans uh, at state level, I think, was 69% uh, planted and 41% emerged. And so, you know, overall, we're, we're looking very good. The progress is where we, we like it to be. Uh, I typically, you know, we talk about planting windows on soybeans at late April, early May. It's just that general sweet spot. And, again, we're trying to trick the system into having good time for heat unit accumulation, photo period, uh, so we get good nodal development. So to have, you know, nearly, you know, 70% of the crop in by the beginning of the 24th, I mean, that's a great spot for us to be. Uh, I'm sure we've got in a lot more in the last couple of days. So uh, we've got a, a place where the beans have the, the yield potential started in a, a good place, the nodal development. So I'm anxious to see how that continues. Um, we talked about a couple of weeks ago about the potential stand issues that may mm -hmm. be coming out of this. Um, and I really just have not seen that and I haven't heard much of it. And, and I'm thankful for that. But I mean, the Places that had ponds, I mean, that's sure. no doubt. That's an easy one. Yeah, no no, no corn, no soybeans. They're used to that. Go back and fill in the Swiss cheese holes. But as far as this gradient, I'm just not seeing it. I don't know if you're seeing the same thing or only, not. Only bits and pieces. I, it's certainly not rampant. And, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, we were certainly fear-mongering a couple of weeks ago about this. But, no, I and, – and the corn's the same way. I mean, I, I, I've seen, other than the wet holes, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, being gone, uh, I've seen few fields that that look poorly. And the other thing I'd comment is, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about how ugly the corn and, and beans were looking mm -hmm. on color. The corn has really greened up nice, and and a lot of that's attributed to these warm temperatures we've had. That it's finally got some photosynthesis really cranked up and going in response to the warmth. So I again, I mean, knock on wood. I think we're off to a pretty good start this year, and, and mm -hmm. I hesitate to say it because that will turn things wrong. <laughs> just put out a tweet. You will be fine, all <laughs> right? right. Just, just go do your little <laughs> tweeting, and we'll be fine. Uh, the other thing, you talked about the color of the crop, and, I mean, I saw a lot of side dress rigs yeah. already rolling, right. and so I, I think that's probably a good sign on the corn. Mm -hmm. uh, soybeans, so we've got some beans that we put out. Um, again, we had April 7th 
planted beans because we had 85, 90 degree days then, right? If you recall that. Mm -hmm. And, and those are getting with it. They're V2, V3. And so, uh, beans at that stage are going through the awkward stage of life. They're going through puberty. They're growing too fast that there's not enough nitrogen supply. So they are that off green color, that pale green color. And so we are going to have some of those, but that's a year in year out thing for us around that stage. And just know that, especially now that, uh, we've catching a decent rain, uh, warm temperatures, um, the, a week's time, those, those type beans are going to turn around in a hurry. Uh, so there's, there's really no issue. It's about transitioning from what, uh, soil supply of nitrogen to the, the nodules that are starting to fix nitrogen. So uh, a lot of those off green early planted beans with the temperatures and the transition in a week's time are going to be nice, dark green and won't have any issues there. Um, anything that was in late April, uh, early May, so, I mean, so just put it on about a week delay. You're going to probably start to go through the awkward stage of life in another week or 10 days. Uh, let it do its course for another 7 to 10 days after that, and you should be fine. Now, we've had 90-degree temperatures here recently, but it wasn't that long ago that we had some <laughs> frost-freeze events. You're saying that, that those aren't really going to impact much. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've got one, maybe two calls on this, text messages on this. I mean, there's certainly some areas that got some freeze damage. The one that I was thinking about a few days ago uh, it was up in the north, northern part of the state, sandy area, and it was definitely freeze damage, but um, it wasn't widespread. It was on just some of the where the uh, cool air settled down. And on those spots, I mean, they burned out the uh, the growing point, but the cotyledons were still there. So the beans are going to just take over and do a split stem instead of their terminal growth. Those are going to be fine. Uh, I hadn't heard of anything that was, you know, down below in a large way, down below the growing point, down below with the cotyledons and need a, a replant. So have some ugly ones early on, but they're going to grow out of that. That shouldn't be a problem whatsoever. Um, and again, if we had some of those, uh, if we had stands or 70,000 plants or less, okay, then we can think about overseeding. But I have not seen or heard of a high enough level of frost freeze damage and stand reduction to cause any concern. You're listening to Purdue Crop Chat with Bob Nielsen, Sean Castile, Dan Quinn, and your host, Eric Pfeiffer. So things look pretty good out there. Are we thinking that there might not be uh, nearly as much replant out there for folks, Dan? Um, you know, I think kind of echo what Sean said. A lot of corn plants have really come around. Um, you know, I'm not, um, maybe Bob would, maybe has heard some more than I have uh, just starting, but I just haven't heard any reports of stand loss, you know, poor stands out there. I think some of that early planted corn in that April, you know, earlier April, mid-April was looking pretty tough. Um, you know, was kind of damaged foliar-wise by some of that cold weather, but it's really started to come out of it. Um, you think you just driving, you know, across the state and, and talking to some folks, it's just the corn is just really starting to come around, really starting to green up and look really good. And I haven't heard uh, many reports of, you know, replants being needed, um, poor emergence and I think that corn just, like Bob said, we're just kind of off to a pretty good start, especially with that warm weather that we've had the last four days. And certainly nothing like the replanting we've experienced in the past several years Mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, we've had some near record replanting years recently. So if anything, I guess we could maybe characterize this as sort of a normal Watch what you say, Bob. (laughs) What is normal anymore? Do we really know? Uh, no, we don't. It's not what we think it is. But but again, I, I just think it's the usual amount of replant that, that occurs mm-hmm. now and again, and it's nothing of major consequence. So again, I, I think at this point, you know, for the corn crop, certainly the next 30 days are critical because that's a lot of these plants are now 
going through this initial stand establishment period that ends at roughly six leaf stage or roughly knee high and if that crop can get through the next 30 days in 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 good fashion um, and get good rooting establishment and get a you know get that canopy as as uh, the plants as uniform as they can be boy that's what's really going to set us off to get mm -hmm. through uh, the rest of the summer because that'll be a crop that's more resilient to stress that occurs later in the summer and, and, and in that regard that's another reason I feel sort of good is you know as you drive around the state and as we look at our own trials it looks reasonably uniformly healthy and that is so nice to see compared to some years mm -hmm. where it, it's you know ugly and uneven and terrible color and struggling I and mean, there's just not as much of that going on this year so I, that's another reason it gives me hope. Well what's what's fun about these crops now too is, is the genetics in terms of how they can respond and even those ugly looking years how well they responded That's exactly right, right. Yeah. So I almost feel like we're set up it's great it looks great it's wonderful and then Bob's going to exit the door stage left and then Dan's going to get hit with oh crap everything's just going going south on it yeah. so but I think these these both hybrids and varieties can handle such extremes now and it is nice to have a, a more uniform start so we don't have to contend with that as much much. Um, I, I dare say we were just doing a, a scout training yesterday, and one of the big things that I always stressed, Dan, is that you dig. Get underneath and take a look and see what that crop looks like. So whether it's the, the floppy, uh, floppy corn syndrome that Bob was alluding to that might be occurring, you know, I think about the soybeans and, you know, typically – you know, cool, wet conditions early will be favorable for sun death syndrome later in the season. So right now, again, I'm I'm saying everything looks great and for it to just all hit the fan in a yeah. few months' time. But right now, I'm not as concerned with that because I haven't seen the crop go through a cool, wet period for long enough to have that kind of a potential infection occur. But, you know, I think the same thing whenever we look at the crop uh, coming into, whether you know, the corn and the side dress and anything else. So, I think we have a favorable season set up for you, Dan, so let's yeah. see how it goes. Hope we keep it that way. <laughs> uh, our time is wrapping up here on the Purdue Crop Chat Podcast. Uh, we'll go around the room, get some final thoughts on what folks should be looking for here. Dan, we'll start with you as we go forward. What should folks be looking out for? Um, I think number one is, is a lot of folks are just getting ready to side dress their corn, um, set that corn up you know, for the future, um, getting that nitrogen down. And hopefully, you know, the weather keeps and that corn keeps growing on the kind of the trajectory it's currently on. Um, we get that good stand establishment that Bob mentioned up until V6. But I think uh, getting on the radar of getting side dress applications out is important. Sean? Yeah, so as we, we look to the coming weeks, uh, I think um, I mentioned the awkward stage of life of soybean syrup. It's just something that we always deal with, but just uh, be mindful of that, especially that's about the same time we're going out with post applications. And so uh, just know that that color is going to be there and that the beans will come out of that. I think that we, we do need to be digging up on these plants just to make sure that we have good nodule development. So if we happen to catch some of those drier areas, you know, we talk about on the corn side not having as good nodal development, nodal root development, you know, the issue that comes for the soybean is uh, how is our nodule development so i always like to take a look at that if that off green color is persistent until you know beans that are v v4 v5 then that really does start to be a concern and so i need to be mindful of that dig them up take a look do we have uh, nodules that are active or not and then we can address anything that we need to do from there bob this is your chance for parting shots if you <laughs> oh, want, oh, if you want to take them <laughs> no. um 
Yeah, again, because the next 30 days are pretty important on finishing up that stand establishment, take the opportunities to walk these fields and, and you know, scout these fields and look for problems that are occurring. If you got drones, be flying those mm -hmm. drones and looking for problems because, you know, one of the secrets of successful crop diagnostics is identifying the problem early so mm -hmm. that you can get out there and actually maybe still see good symptoms, still see maybe other signs or evidence that's around. So, you know, certainly don't, don't just, uh, you know, sit back and, and, and uh, let others, you know, do, do the walking or for you. Get out yourself and walk these fields and, and spend the time, especially for, or, well, for both crops, but especially corn. Now that it's still short, you can still sure. walk it easily. You can mm -hmm. see it easily. Take the time to do it because now is a time where a lot of the problems you'll see at the end of the season in the yield monitor mm -hmm. often are developing in June. And so just take the time to do it. And, and maybe the last final thing I'd say is uh, just something to Dan. You know, I have shepherded this crop for 40 years across the state. <laughs> I think it's uh, done well. As you say, we got a lot of good farmers in the state. So I hand this over to you <laughs> and just tell you to keep shepherding yep. the crop and keep yeah. doing good work. And, and, and I think if you do, uh, this state will continue yeah. to, to move right along with good crops and, and uh, good yields and, and hopefully profitable situations. I, would, I guess I would say I've, I've got big shoes to fill. Um, His feet don't look that big. <laughs> <laughs> His head, though, that's a different story. I've got, you know, I've got a lot to learn, um, tons to learn, tons of people to meet, um, but I'm excited to be here and get started and kind of get into it and really help. You know, that foundation that Bob's built over the last 40 years, keep that going and, you know, being a good steward to the farmers and, the you know, the industry in so agriculture. You, you see how he gives me respect, Sean. You see that? I, that's what I yeah, like about He's got kid. a week. He's got a week. Uh, give, him, give him the 10-plus years. See, I just felt great that – I don't know if you guys caught it. It took over 10 years for him to give a little credit to soybeans. Did you catch that? That was like, go out and, and scout your corn. Oh, and maybe the soybean stone. So it took a while to get through his thick head on there. Yeah. But all that to be said, to echo what you, you all are talking about, yeah. I mean, it's a team effort as we move this crop forward. I, I dare say that Bob will quickly agree to this, that we're learning from each other. That yeah. That's not just us talking uh, from here, it's the farmers that are educating us. We're all in this together, and I think that's one of the beauties of this state and this university and the extension service is that we're all working together to advance the crop or advance the livelihood. And so Bob certainly had that, that fortunate ability, and uh, Dan, I think you're going to have that same thing. Yeah. Well, Bob, I want to thank you the, for, for doing this podcast, for all the work you've done over the years. Uh, it's, it's been fantastic, and I know you're not going away anytime soon. We'll have you back, Okay. Um, at least if I'm in charge of the invitations. I don't know about Sean, but if I'm in charge of the invitations, we'll have you back. <laughs> all right. And uh, we, we certainly do appreciate it, but look forward to, uh, to Dan getting going here. So thank you all for your time today on the Purdue Crop Chat Podcast. We'll come back. We'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. This has been Purdue Crop Chat, a regular series featuring Purdue Extension's Bob Nielsen, Sean Castile, and Dan Quinn. Thank you for joining us for Purdue Crop Chat today, moderated by Eric Pfeiffer, and a service of Purdue University Extension and Hoosier Ag Today. Timely, relevant, credible.